0: Episode two, my coaching journey thus far. So in this episode, I'm really going to dive into and break down my coaching journey and my process in this game uh, up until the point of today. And um, so I'm going to go ahead and give you what I currently am doing uh, in this moment. Okay so I am currently and have been the director of coaching for Celebration Tropics which is based out of Orlando Florida and have been doing this for almost the last 4 years. And uh when I first came into Celebration it was a different program name it was called Celebration Youth Soccer and um we actually got an affiliation with the Florida Tropics. And um when I first came into the program, there was a, or first came into the club, there was only a recreational program and two competitive teams. And so about four years later, we've grown to now 10 teams in competitive, with that being a 373% increase in the player pool. So now we have over 120 players for the 2019 2020, 2020 season. Now, People have asked, you know, why is there so much success in terms of a player pool increase? And in my eyes, that reason stems from we try and focus on the fundamentals first. So one of the things I did, and I'm going to touch on it now, was, and this really dives into my previous history before Celebration, when I arrived back into Orlando after coming back from Europe, from France, the first thing I did was I drove around and just watched different programs in the area. All of them. And I continued to see a fundamental flaw. And that was that most programs did not focus on the fundamentals. They were taking steps ahead and doing team training, or team based training sessions that were more focused on more focused on trying to win games or doing things to prepare players for games only and anybody that knows how to develop a player for a high level the first thing you need to have is the individual ability of a player before you can place them into a team so When we started working on the fundamentals first, players started improving a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. And it allows us and it positions us to be in a better spot in this market because we focus on the fundamentals. Now, I'm going to take another step back and I'm going to really try and break down my journey before this point. So I started really coaching about nine years ago and this is actually... Um, when I was in college, I did a lot of volunteer work and did an apprenticeship with the women's um, soccer program. When I was in college, I was part of my degree, I ended up getting a sports business degree and then just started really grasping and liking the idea behind it. I was really happy with it. So then did that for on and off for a year, year and a half, ended up graduating. And, uh, like I said, went overseas to seas went to France, actually did some training over there with the club that I worked with. I was able to get, wouldn't call it a job, but was able to train some of their youth team players, I was able to help out um, and be an assistant, so to speak. And then when I came back, like I mentioned, I got into the market here. I worked for another club, worked my way up, um, and did a whole bunch, and I still do, do a whole bunch of like individual-based private training and small group stuff, and that's how I really started. So I worked with the club, had a, had a team or two, started doing a whole bunch of individual and, and group sessions and then continued to work my way up the ladder, right? And then I was able to, in my second year as a, as a coach in Orlando, I won the highest level league that you can. Um, it's called GCF. I was able to win the highest level league in GCF at U17. So that's division one. I. I won that. And I'm thinking, man, like... I would not have been able to do that in Virginia. So I was sitting there going, okay, this is a little bit different. And again, I'm trying to work my way through the system and understand it. So ended up doing all that. So this led me this past season to create a new program called the Florida Prospects. And so as I briefly mentioned before in my player episode or my player journey, that these last four years and more have really allowed me to showcase my concept or my proof of concept in player development. And so this led me to creating the Florida Prospects. Now, to give you the mission statement, here it is. To develop players within the United States adhering to our 10-year player development process to produce talent, to compete and sign for European or South American pro academies or the top five leagues in the world. Now, that's our mission statement. So, the next question that most people ask when I tell them what the mission is, so then why did you create the prospects? And as I somewhat mentioned two, three minutes ago, And this is me being brutally honest. I am not fully content with the youth soccer landscape in the American system. My goal, and the reason why I started this, was to rival any of the best development programs in the country. Centered around mostly development academy, so DAs, and ECNL programs. That is because I have felt like these programs, and not all of them, but a lot of them, do not do their job when it comes to development. They don't do the right thing for the kids. And again, that first part is the fundamentals, right? The technique, the coordination, the balance, the small, small, small small-sided games, not the 9v9s, 7v7s. I'm talking about 1v1s, 2v1s, things like that. And so my objective from this is obviously to try and follow my mission statement. But I hope also one of two things happen. The first is that the prospects pushes on these programs to improve. And then two, make the prospects as big or bigger now when i say that i don't feel like they do their job like most da programs or ecnl programs it's because the process or the way they're aligned doesn't always work so i'll give you an example i've worked with a lot of da players i've put a lot of players into the da at various clubs and a lot of them have the same complaints. They get more training, which is great. The idea behind it is great, right? They're trying, the DA, and more so the DA, is trying to rival what European academies do or pro academies do in general, which is exactly what they need to do. But the training environment isn't always up to the level. And I had a conversation with a previous coach of mine who was an academy director at the DA with another club and um, he, one of the things he told me was they expect all the players that come into the DA to already have all the fundamentals. What he noticed was that most of the players coming in don't have it. So I would tell you that there's almost some sort of communication gap or an expectation gap because the DA doesn't start at this moment until the, U13 age group. So there's a missing gap of younger ages from, say, U9 to U12 of players not being developed. But if my friend has said that the DA, at least with his program, is expecting players to have all the fundamentals, by the time they come to U13 and they don't, there's a gap. So, in my eyes, if you're getting players that are still missing fundamentals, then you have to take a step back and, one, work on the fundamentals. And most programs, and this isn't just EAs, this is, in general, programs across the country, in my eyes, don't do that. And this is why, as I've mentioned before, I've had so much success Because I really dive into and I believe in developing those fundamentals, developing individual technique first, developing coordination, developing balance, and developing the high IQ, the high ability to play in extremely small-sided scenarios, those 1v1s, those 2v1s, those 2v2s. Now, let me go back to the prospects for a minute and let me kind of dive into what you get. And what I feel like we do differently than everybody else. The first is, after giving you my mission statement, we offer five training sessions per week, Monday through Friday. Three that are mandatory, which are mandatory team sessions. Now, when I say team sessions, we actually don't do too much, depending on the age group, too much team concepts. Especially in the younger age groups, and we have three, we have three age groups in total right now, 2010s, 2007s, and 2005s, especially with the 2010s, we do so much individual focus, it would blow your your brains out. Like you would be shocked. You'd be like, what? You do that much individual work? Yes, we do that much individual work. So much so it's almost an hour of individual work before anything else is done. And that's covering technical development, that's covering coordination, and that's covering those 1v1s, 2v1s, 2v2s. We also offer two optional practices. Now, when I use the word optional, I literally mean it. You don't have to show up. You come because you want to get better. Our optional practice is on Wednesday and Friday. So that means our mandatories are Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. For optional on Wednesday, what we do is it's all technically based work with one station of 1v1 and one station of physical. So what that means is we'll rotate and they'll go through different technical trainings from juggling to dribbling to passing to finishing. And it varies every week. So it might be juggling, passing, and dribbling. And then another week it might be finishing, passing, dribbling. Right, those concepts. And then we also add in physical work. And then we also add in 1v1s. So Friday is one of two options. It'll either be small-sided games, which are literally ran by the players. So we'll come, we'll set up the equipment, and we'll say, okay, here's your areas. You set up your teams, you set up your games, and you play. And uh, the kids love it. And in fact, one of the things that I implemented was street soccer. Now... We don't literally play on a street. We play on the grass field or turf. But I created a plastic soccer ball out of plastic bags. I bring it to the session. And I tell the kids, you're free to use this. No shoes. And they take their shoes off, obviously, and they play if they want to. And they have the choice to do that. And I don't interfere with coaching. I don't tell them what to do. I just tell them when they can and when they can't play. Time, time off, time, time off. And um, it's, it's been really successful. And then also on Fridays, if anybody wants extra individual work, we're there and we're ready to help. So if somebody says, you know, I don't want to do games, I want to train. Okay, come over here, come to this side of the field, we'll, we'll work you through. And so we offer that. Now, on top of that, from more of an administrative side, or on the back end, rather, we do a couple of things. One, we gave each parent yearly objectives and say, hey, this is what your child will learn per age group. We also give monthly feedback, things that each player does well and, each, and something that each player needs to improve on that we see throughout that month. We will give three report cards per year for the entire season, so from August to May, that cover over 50 categories from technique, tactically, physically, and mentally, and then of course if there's a goalkeeper, goalkeeper categories. We'll give you an initial report. We'll give you one after the end of the first season and one at the end of the entire year. We also do two one on one meetings per year. And the reason why for that is if players are going to become professionals, they need to be having one on one meetings. I read a book on Pep Guardiola called The Evolution. And in his three years at Bayern Munich, he had over 2,000 one on one meetings. So if we're trying to prepare players for the pro level, they have to start getting used to those concepts, right? Going in and having a meeting with coach. Now we do allow mom and dad to be there because they need to hear what we're telling their children. But they need to understand and grasp, for example, different concepts. So we'll go over the report card, we'll go over the feedback and it just kind of put them in line with how we feel they're doing. And then the final thing we do is we'll do video sessions. So we actually have a system that we use and, uh, for filming. And we'll go in and we'll break down games. And we'll say, okay, and we've done this for all the age groups, is here's what we are doing well in this circumstance, or so we need to prove on This is where you are, you need to move here. And we're giving players that because, again, you start going to the higher levels, the more you're going to be watching video, the more you're going to have one-on-one sessions. And so if we're going to do that, And if we're trying to promote an environment whose sole objective is to develop players, then you have to start getting used to those elements. And that there is what changes the game. Changes, in my eyes, the game, especially in the long term, because how many clubs out there, and feel free to message me, offer all of those things I mentioned before, the five training sessions a week, Three that are mandatory, two that are optional. Yearly objectives, so you as a parent and a player actually know what you're going to work on. On an individual level and a team level. How many of you get monthly feedback to let you know what you're doing, how you're doing, and what you need to work on? How many of you actually get a quote-unquote report card like school? How many of you have individual meetings with a coach? And how often do you guys watch video sessions? I would recommend, not recommend, I would say 90 plus percent of players playing at a competitive level or play at an even higher level than that. Don't. Don't get that. So, if we're talking about developing players and you're not getting that, you can already kind of see now how the system's flawed, how it's not designed for long-term success. And this is why I really wanted to get into this coaching aspect, the managing aspect, the director aspect, because... And I'm going to dive into this in another podcast or another episode. Because of the success that I've had so far, I'm able to showcase and do things a little bit differently. The pressure on me is to develop players. I mentioned in my last episode, I'm not worried about wins and losses. I'm worried about at the end of the year, You can see that your child, your player has gotten better. Because it's a long-term game. I would trade every single trophy, every single league championship for placing another player. For helping them move to a pro academy domestically or internationally. 100%. Not even a question. Not even hesitation I will continue to work continue to create a methodology and I'm going to talk about this in one of the next episodes is actually having a methodology that other people other coaches can follow now that's my so-and-so coaching journey there will be other things that I'll dive into more specifically in future episodes So I hope you enjoyed this one and I look forward to seeing you listen to the next one.